Today's episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. That's right. You do not have to get out of your bed to talk to somebody who can get you through the day. Go to Talkspace.com slash W-O-T as a special offer for all of our listeners. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Obviously, we're basking in the afterglow of our amazing Rockefeller Records Celebration podcast that we put out last week. If you guys have not listened to it, it's two hours of gems and amazing stories, a lot of nostalgia, and so many laughs. Go check that out. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you guys listen to this podcast. So, Jeff, mm, about, what, two years ago, a year and a half, something like that. We did a whole bunch of ads on this podcast. For some ride-sharing company, we'll call it. Yeah, listen, we're not doing ads for them now, so we're not going to give them any shine. But, you know, they wanted us to to sort of honestly say what it would be like to be a driver for said company. Now, we are not drivers ourselves for that company. No. But we decided... You you haven't even driven in a long time. No. So you're definitely not ride-share driving for them. I have a license. Yes, th- this is true. And your license, by the way, your picture is? Me as a 16-year-old, so it's hard to use <laughs> when I go on planes. I have to use my passport. <laughs> but so we, went, we, we decided, okay, we can't honestly talk about what it's like to be a driver for this rideshare company, but maybe we can talk to the drivers. So one night, we were picked up by a driver from the service, and his name? King Larry. One word. One word, no apostrophe, no spaces. King, King Larry. Larry. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, well, you're awesome to begin with because you have an awesome first name. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, well, what's it like to be a driver for this company? And what are your hours like? And how'd you get involved? And what do you like outside of this? And great dude. Wait, by the way, it was like a real conversation. It wasn't like we were interrogating No, no, him. no. <laughs> also, we like, did not work hey, for the ride. Yeah. Is like that your real name or something? You know. This was awesome. Great dude. His name was King Larry. So fast forward two years. And we got a notification on Twitter from a girl named Cole Murphy, at Fantastic Cole. And Cole goes, yo, I rode with King Larry yesterday and told him he's famous. You have a new listener. And she put a picture of the guy's driver's license. Shout out to King Larry. If you're listening right now, hit us up on Twitter or or Instagram or somehow get in touch with us. Or, you know, come around. You know where we live. Pick us up and let's go for a ride. (laughs) Do you think he still has our address? That I don't know, but if King... You know how Mom and Aunt Jane have a driver when they want to go to the airport, like a a specific guy? Yeah, Mr. Roman. Mr. Roman. Mr. Roman picks up Mom and Aunt Jane to go to the airport if they're going like to, to Maine or North Carolina or whatever. If we're traveling somewhere and we want to go to the airport... I want King Larry to be like our guy. I want King Larry to be more than just a driver. Like he, I want, I want King Larry to be our turtle. He, uh, th- King Larry should be part of our entourage. Yes, <laughs> it's it's us and it's Mayo and it's Shin and Dan. If King Larry can bring us like a Saigon, oh. if King Larry can like, <laughs> like I wonder if right. King Larry's like really into shoes. Yeah, th- this is. I love this idea. You think he really listens? Oh yeah. <laughs> Some business to take care of before we get into this episode. Our album, Teddy Bear Fresh, is available on all streaming services. Go check out Sugar High featuring Currency and Smoke Dizza. It is featured on our Spotify page. Look for It's The Real, no apostrophe, no spaces. Uh, we got more live shows coming up in some different cities. We also are selling t-shirts at itstherealcom slash shop. Uh, we have some large and extra large t-shirts for sale. Go get those. 
Today in the podcast, we have our friend Rocky Marciano, who people may know from being in the Kendrick Lamar video for DNA. Yeah, he's the one with the uh, with the sandals, and he's eating breakfast with Kendrick. Right. He's very recognizable. He looks like the dude from The Big Lebowski. That's right. Uh, his favorite movie, your favorite movie. Yeah, and we get into that today. We also talk about how he went from fashion to working in the music business and working on projects with, obviously, TDE, working with producers, working with Wale, and going from consulting for Columbia to Atlanta to Def Jam to Interscope and he's a really inspiring guy a really great dude huh. and when do you want to get into it? Right now. Yo what up it's Eric aka Smoke a Bowl aka I don't roll on Shabbos Yo what up it's Jeff aka Take All the Coke aka You're the Mean Joe Green <laughs> Yo what up it's Brock motherfucking Marciano You're the Mean yeah. Man This is a waste of time but this is the real Bow 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 Brock what's happening? Yo, we're so happy to finally have you here. Shit, I know. We've been working on this for like a year, I Yo, think. Yo, Cardo got wings. I was talking to him, and I was like, yeah, Brocky's like been supposed to come over like here forever. For like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's been flaking. He was like, I'm going to call him right now. <laughs> you never called me, by well, the way. Yeah, well. It was probably about something else. That's probably right. <laughs> um, but you're a West Coast guy. Welcome to the Upper yeah. West Side. Oh, shit. How are you? I'm great. You've been on a hell of a run. Yeah, I think so. And I think you deserve a vacation, so it's nice. Yeah, that you I was, that, that was like, off. honestly, I was starting to get to a point where I just mentally, everything just seemed like it was just squeezing my brain, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't like had a time to like not think. The last time, and I don't know if this was officially the last vacation you had, but the last time I can remember you looking like you had a vacation, uh, you and uh, our mutual friend Hip Hop. Yes. And uh, Schoolboy School Q. Q. Yeah. And a bunch of other people. Yes. We're on the ocean. Yes. And it was a lot of yelling, you're to mean. <laughs> there was a lot of you're to mean on that ocean. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was a whole lot of you're to mean. A whole lot of tequila. Yep. Uh, it looked awesome. A lot of Wagyu beef. A lot of, you know, sea scallops and shit like that. It was dope. Does, um, all, does Wagyu beef help when you're trying to not be seasick? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. 100%. Did I, think get the, I think it's the fat content, the marbleization yeah, yeah. Sure. of it. You yeah. know what I mean? It just makes it just, you know, it's kind of like uh, drama mean. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> drama mean. <laughs> drama <Yeah>. mean. <laughs> um, you're officially now an A&R at Interscope yeah, Records. Yeah, VP of A&R at Interscope. Yeah. Uh, shout outs to everybody over there. How has that been? It's great. Are you making friends? No, not at all. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. No, everybody's great, man. You know, it's it's uh, it's kind of like my first time really being inside of a building. Yeah. Like getting my taxes taken out of my check. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So every month I weep, you know, yeah, when yeah. I get paid. Um, you have to work with an HR department now. Yeah, you know, you know, I can't do certain things. I can't, you know. <laughs> never mind. Yeah, yeah. It's bad, bad joke. <laughs> amidst amidst all of the um, you know political bullshit sure. going on. Um, no, it's great. It's that's great. awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's, it, I'm learning a lot. Um, you know, there's so many facets to this business, um, and I've been on the other side of the fence for so long, so I figured I'd go and mix it up and, yeah. and see what I can do. But, uh, it, you know, it is the West Coast label. Yes. You're a West Coast guy. Where are you originally from? Um, I was born in Santa Barbara, oddly enough. Yeah. Um, avocados? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Avocados. Yeah, yeah. yeah I actually, I used to live in Carbonaria for a bit, and there's actually an avocado festival. Whoa. Um, Does that mean you love avocados or I'm, hate them? I, I love <laughs> avocados. I, I didn't used to, I used to actually hate them. Um we grew up pretty poor, so um, I remember we had an avocado tree, and my mom like used to try to make me eat them all the time, and she'd just eat them with crackers. Like trying to feed you cigarettes. Like, yo, I'm hungry, and she'd be like, yo, yo go get an avocado, and I'm like, fucking avocado, man. 
<laughs> like, I do not want an avocado. I want like a slice of pizza, but yeah, or a lunchable. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And how long did you stay down there? Um, I was there through high school. My dad moved around when I was young, so um, I would fly to Dallas every summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know he moved to San Francisco and Los Angeles. So I was actually supposed to transfer to Fairfax High School. Um, and while I was in high school, but I just you know I had a good baseball team. Yeah, where I was at, and I just was like, yo, I'm not trying to leave like in the middle of high school and make new friends. And well, what shit. what position were you? I was a pitcher. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, did you have any good pitches? Uh, I was actually really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, you know, the whole college baseball thing wasn't really my thing. So, oh, okay. So you got a scholarship to go. Yeah, well, I had initially signed to go to, to Northridge. And then right after I graduated, they lost their program to Title IX, uh. um, which only happened for a year, I guess. And then I ended up choosing to go to San Diego State because it was the only other school. I got accepted and I was like, oh, I got to stay in Southern California. I wasn't really trying to move. And it was like a spur of the moment thing. I didn't really have time to figure it out. So I transferred there. Long story short, just didn't work out for me down there. So Southern California guy, uh, when do you learn to surf? Uh, you know, I, I was a beach kid, you know, my whole life, like younger, you know, and um, I stopped probably when I, I stopped, you know, doing water sports when I was like seven or eight to pursue team sports. Mm-hmm. So I didn't pick it back up again until I moved back to L.A. from New York. Wow. Yeah. So I was going to make a water sports joke about our per- current uh, political, you know, <laughs> but, oh, he, oh, you know, he's on a working vacation. <laughs> yeah. 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 At his golf course. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's because, nice that he takes a break. You know, to I go mean, take it, a break. yeah, you know, everyone needs, you know, two and a half weeks in the middle of political turmoil. Oh, yeah. And, uh, to go ahead and, you know, swing golf club around. <laughs> or not. Just like, you know, hang out at the country club. Yeah, just chill. You know, order. Yeah. Gr- they have, I heard they have a great grilled cheese. Yeah. yeah. And also, you know, state secrets. <laughs> so when you went to college and, uh, you know, baseball was your dream. Yes. Did you see, like, even bigger things? Were you like... I'm gonna play I was, minor league baseball you know, coming from a small place, I, you know, I kind of realized like when I didn't go to a school that like had, I had like visited and recruited and whatnot, like mm-hmm. um, it was pretty much over. And I was interested in like weed and chicks and you know hip hop. That and, was not part of the scholarship. That was yeah, that, 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 yeah. There, there wasn't a class for that one. I had to figure that on my own time. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was an extracurricular activity. Sure. Um, yeah, and I grew. You know, my mom was really strict growing up. You know, I was the, the first child. So. Yeah. She was super strict, obviously, being a single mother. You I have, have two brothers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One one is three years younger than I, and then the other one is 18, which he'll be moving here um, oh, right in, on. in like two weeks, actually. Whoa. Oh, He's whoa. going to Fordham Lincoln Center. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He, you know, he's a DJing right now. He makes beats. He's he's pretty lit. That's dope. Yeah. Okay. So, so when you go off to college, um, did you have a major in mind? Did you have like... I did, honestly, I'm, I'm going to keep it so real because I know my dad and you know my, my parents will listen to this and shit. Like, I literally faked my way through college. I didn't even go to school. Like Whatsoever. I literally like after like the Wait, first... Wait, you want your parents to hear this? <laughs> no, they, they knew. They knew. Like yeah. there was like one, one day the, the, the jig was up. You know what I'm saying? It was like, oh shit, no. The, the college sent a letter. And I was like, oh, your son hasn't gone to school in like three years. And I'm like... Making fake report cards and whatnot. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yo, was but you were putting the work in to yeah, like. Yeah, I, I was. Oh yeah, like I was going through a, a faking. I was like, I was like majored in faking. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one day, like it came to a head, and it was like, yo, you got me. Well, I mean, did you have a job at that point? Uh, kind of. You know what it was? Is I, I started doing like street team. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine, um, Kevin Delaney, and I used to have. He used to work for LRG. Mm-hmm. We had a radio show in college, and. Um, so we did that, and then we were part of a street team, and like you know, for Columbia, 
So that was when I kind of was like, fuck, I could figure out a way to get into like, you know, rap. I wouldn't have to go to school. Who needs an education for that? You know well, who were like, some of the artists that you're running around like promoting? It was like Badass, uh, 50 Cent's Power to Dollar album that never came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, on Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the street team actually folded into something else. And it was like, basically, LRG had started using all of the guys that were in our street team to do like promote their their brand like Jonas you know they had all these college campus you know representatives and I was like ah eh, you know I'm, I'm kind of cool on that I wanted to be more a part of the music so eventually all my friends out of co- from college got really good jobs at LRG and they started making bank and whatnot and I was like okay um, I got to figure out a way to at least make a hundred thousand dollars a year in my lifetime so I went and I, I started PAing um, in Los Angeles uh, on film sets wow you know and you know for for you know a 21 year old kid 20 year old kid at the time you know to be making 200 bucks a day i was like shit you know this isn't bad you know yeah. what i mean it was more than my mom ever made you know what i mean so well what kind of hours were those oh <laughs> undefinable hours yeah. Yeah. it was yeah. manual labor for yeah. sure um you five in the morning on set you know you don't know when you're coming home right your mm. girl wants to break up with you she's like <laughs> when are you coming home and you're like yo i don't fucking know relax like <laughs> yeah i'm hanging out outside the, whenever the they desi call, and lucy like, you know what i'm saying <laughs> Like Mart- whenever, whenever the martini shot is, yeah. I'll be home like three hours from then because I got to drop off everything. And oh man! But it was great because it kind of gave me the work ethic I've had today. Like you know, um, it's just like you know, keep your mouth shut and keep your ears open. Whatever you think needs to happen, be there. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Go stand around. You know, just just get involved. You know, just help. Just do something. Pick something up. And take who, it somewhere. Who did you stand near on a film set? Uh, I were there was, any I, departments. I, I gravitated really? towards the art department. Mm-hmm. You know, it was you know it was kind of cool. Um, eventually, I, I I became a swing, mm-hmm. and then after that, that was kind of like my you know I was like okay, I can't do this manual labor for the rest of my life. <laughs> so it wasn't glamorous enough for me. You know what I mean? Where were you living? Uh, I was living on Ogden Street between uh, Beverly and Oakwood, like in now what is known as like the Fairfax area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hip, yeah, yeah. So but this was hip. this was pre hip. <laughs> yeah. This was this was. Very Jewish. Yeah. Um, almost no restaurants. There was Damiano's. There was one bar, and there was about twenty Jewish antique shops. <laughs> Sounds super lit. Yeah. It, was, it was so lit. The shopping was incredible. Um, but the Grove had just gone up over there, and that was kind of like where the gentrification of that area started. Sure. You know? Yeah. But I was paying. I had this huge apartment. We were paying twelve hundred dollars for. I split it with a guy that also worked in the, you know movie and film business. And you had your own car. Uh, yes. So it was a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mostly drove my girlfriend's car at the time. Okay. Was like, did she car. know about it? Yeah, she did. <laughs> no, okay. Maybe that's why she was calling. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> Where's my car? Yeah, <laughs> she was like, "Okay, uh, what time are you gonna be home? I have a life too, dick." You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, no college grad. Uh, no, uh, no, no degree. No degree. I did have a high school. I did graduate high school. Sure, yeah, I did yeah, the yeah, work. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did. I this went. is for your parents. Yes, <laughs> this was. Well, you know what it was? Is I went to like you know I was really into sports and I you know I'm a fairly intelligent dude. I got good grades. You know, and I was. My, my tests were good. So I always went to private schools that my mom couldn't afford because I got scholarships. But the problem with those private schools is is they take attendance. So you can't <laughs> actually wiggle around. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I used to, the only way I could would, like, be able to get off campus in high school is I'd have to have my mom write a note 
that I needed to be able to go get lunch or I'd have an orthodontist appointment. I'd be able to go like off campus and get lunch. And I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, you know, other than that, it was so structured that I never got a chance to like fuck up as a youngster. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it was one of those things where if you didn't go to school for four or five classes a day, you couldn't go to practice. And ultimately that was like everything. Yeah. Four so, or five classes a day? <laughs> yeah, you know, like you, you like, so what I used to do was I have my mom and she was super cool at the time because you know I got my stuff done so it was like so I used to have I used to what I used to do is I, I would have her call in sick for me mm-hmm. and then I would show up like right after third period like right before lunch you know what I'm saying so I had enough time at school that day to be able to go to practice yeah I'm just shocked that they have schools in California like this, yeah. this is such a good <laughs> Such like a different lifestyle. Shout than, out like, to your mom though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But my she mom couldn't was... have been shocked that you like failed out of college. <laughs> I mean, my, I kept it more real with my mom than doing my dad at that yeah. time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like my mom was, my mom and I are super tight, and you know, my dad was a very discerning one and wanted me to like really like you know have an opportunity, and you know, none of them really went to school and mm-hmm. did anything like that. So, you know, it was important for them. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, it worked out. Your friends are working for LRG. Yeah. Does that mean that you then had a job for LRG? No, that was the thing is I was like, ah, I ain't doing that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then obviously like, you know, LRG blows up. You yeah. know, all my friends are working there and I'm like, oh, okay, I fucked up on that one. So what's the move after that? Um, You know, I was working at an agency. I went to an agency after I became a swing because I figured that was a little more glamorous, right? You're wearing so, a suit. No, 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 no. I was wearing like... It's still California. Yeah, it's still California. I was wearing like Lacoste's. Yeah. Okay. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You know, I still had to swag a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. I couldn't like be like... You know, I, I, I love putting on a suit every once in a while, but I, on a daily basis, I couldn't do it. No. Um, so I went to a below-the-line agency. I was repping directors of photography and, and production designers and whatnot. Um, really good ones, actually. And I kind of gravitated, obviously, towards the music video department. Sure. Uh, music, you know, I was always like, knew what was tight, what was next. So I would help the guy who was really the head of the music department, like be like, yo, you gotta, you know, like we gotta get after this video and we gotta put this director with this video because I think that they would, you know. So I kind of added a creative element to it. Then I met um, Cron Don, Phil to Agony, Mitchie Slick. Uh, through mutual friends of mine. I was also making t-shirts on the side and they started buying them, you know what I'm saying? And then wanted me to make custom ones for them. And, you know, then it just became hanging out, you know, and and Chase Infinite, uh, who manages Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, a big mentor of mine got really... Was he still rapping then? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was the funny thing is because I used to buy DJ Shiite tapes on Melrose. Chase always had freestyles on there. So I was thinking back in the day, like that Chase was self-scientific. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, Because he would always say that. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's obviously him and DJ Khalil. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we met and then he found out that I actually liked his music, he was bugging out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, like, he and I, you know, created a bond. And, you know, he th- those guys are really responsible for me learning, like, the ins and outs of the business and actually giving me a chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, no one had to do that. Like, you know, they saw something in me that I m- didn't even know that I had in myself, you know? Well, and did you recognize that you had good taste? I always knew I had good taste. Like, that was something I always, you know, in high school, I always had dope clothes um, because I worked at Foot Locker. I got, like, the most unattainable fucking job, mm-hmm. you know, for a town like Santa Barbara. Yeah, yeah. To be able to work at Foot Locker, that means, like, every athlete, like, anyone you played basketball with, everybody came through because that was the only, you know, they didn't have you know, online shopping and, you know, 
shit like that. You right. had to go get the shoes. If you missed out, you missed out. Like that was it. Like yeah. you weren't getting them. So you had the referee jersey. Wore it every day. Yeah, yeah. See, and then that's what you should. Yeah, I used to get in trouble with my baseball coach because I would have to go to work some days, so I'd have to figure out a way to finesse work and baseball practice. You know, and luckily I was a pitcher, so it was only um, every few days. Well, yeah, like they, <laughs> you know, by the time I junior, and I was good. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So like they didn't really fuck with me too much, but it was like, yeah, I would go to practice. I would do my, I would run. I yeah. do batting practice. I throw a bullpen, and I was out. Well, and the funny thing in, in high school, like usually the best athlete is the pitcher. So yeah. at that age, you're not just you know pitching. You're pitching, and you're probably like a really good hitter too. Yeah, I was. Yeah, you know, I, I hit like 400. Oh, like, pretty, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's, <laughs> um, pretty good. Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, you know. but see, that, they didn't let me hit all the time. You know what I'm saying? Because I only because I couldn't. You know, I, I pitched. So they yeah, didn't, it was just it was one of those things. Like I, I wish I would have been able to hit more, but. You know, well, I, how do you do now if you if you went to a batting cage? Uh, yeah, as a, I, I did it not as too long an adult. ago. Yeah, <laughs> me and Schoolboy Q about to start doing that. About to start going to the batting cage. He played baseball too. What's up with him like being fit now? <laughs> you know, he's an athlete. He was fit when I met him. You know what I'm saying? It's just you know. No, but now he's like actually fit. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he's fat fit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's fat fit. Yeah. But you know, he's still got to have the goo wop. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it's kind of part of the the, the lexicon of Schoolboy Q. At this right, he's point. not like an R and B singer yet. No, but no, no, like, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not performing. Right. Yeah. So, like something about rappers and buffness, that shit just doesn't go together. Right. Like you gotta have, you know, either be slender or you gotta be like, you know, kind of chubby. Right. Like when when Waka did Summer Jam here, and his gut was just like going all over the stage. Like, yeah, we're like, like that's that, fire. That's you know a rapper. Yeah. Like that's like I don't give a fuck. You know what right. I mean? you're fit and you go to you work out every day like what kind of vices can you possibly have like sex like you know what i mean like yeah, everybody's got that everybody's got that vice right not like, relatable yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah i feel like you know when rappers get buffed their careers go down you know what i mean okay so now you get into you're not just hanging out with these guys you're actually managing right yeah i mean eventually it, it took a while and a lot of process and 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 you know um yeah we you know i started managing them and then you know i think the biggest shift in, in you know my career at that time was my introduction to dilated peoples through this dilated uh strong arm steady tape mm-hmm. um you know and i kind of was like oh we get terry kennedy to host it i met terry kennedy you know and he was just like this wild dope dude at the time pro skater uh super funny and and super outgoing you mm-hmm. know and um i was always the first one to the studio and evidence was always there so it'd be me and Ev in the studio waiting for everyone to show up. <laughs> but I would have folders of, you know, beats that I downloaded from like Sycamore tapes. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like instrumentals. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Sycamore. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would, I would scour for, you know, freestyle. It was like, this is like the freestyle tapes, right? So like everyone was rapping over other people's beats. So, you know, I'd show up and I'd go through all these beats with Ev and, and you know, like he was rapping on shit that he would never rap on at the time through doing that tape you know and that was kind of like where my journey i think as an a&r started because he was like oh like you like you know you like really know like how to you know pick beats and like tell people what to do on you know this type of stuff and vocal coaching and whatnot so um yeah that that and then like meeting alchemist and becoming really good with with evan al um you know kind of helped solidify the fact that i was actually going to be doing this at some point in time so, I mean, you're a West Coast guy, but your ear is not necessarily just West Coast. No, I, I was I was like the one kid that listened to East Coast music in throughout growing up. Like I was always more, as much as I love West Coast stuff, 
you know, I can't, I can't front like I did, like I didn't, um, dog pound, um, you know, Selly cell, yeah. like, you know, these type of guys. I love, I love West coast music, but I always gravitated more towards the East coast sound and, and to like wittier, uh, dark lyrics and i think it was more because you know we didn't see that at the time you know what i'm saying like there wasn't a you know at that point in time like you know i I would have to watch the box to get like survival of the fittest videos and like those type of things so to me it was just super intriguing and i i think i kind of just gravitated more towards that because it was a little bit like darker grittier Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and and the samples you know the samples were were, were more jazz based and just you know they kind of just you know I don't know what it is there's more ear candy for me I mean it's so much harder to do that than to just like listen to whatever's on the radio at that time too yeah you know the radio is like you know especially if you didn't grow up in a metrop- metropolitan city like the radio is whack <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah what well, I mean what were your musical influences from like your parents like what were they listening um, to my mom would like listen to like Madonna and the Eagles and um, Tina Turner uh jackson brown um what else did my mom like fleetwood mac you know yeah. like, stuff like that like yeah. you know and, and, my, and my dad listened to a lot of genesis don henley you know obviously the eagles yep yeah one of his favorites is jackson brown um jimmy hendrix you know my like both my parents they played guitar hmm. um not professionally anything. yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> but they just played you know and um then my, i had an uncle who at the time I was born was in high school, my dad's younger brother. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me basically like he was the, the kid on the fucking couch, you know, was an athlete, but he, all he did was watch MTV. Yeah. So I got introduced to Def Leppard, um, just everything that was on MTV at the time, like all the videos, like I would watch, you know, in heavy metal, like Metallica. And then I lived in an apartment complex as well. And I was the only white kid in the apartment complex. So, um, when I would go back home, it would be like Run DMC. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, cool Modi. Yeah. Uh, every, every, you know, just everything from '85 and on. You yeah. Hello, Cool J. So I just had like this wide variety of music that I was just, you know, listen to. You know, and you had to exchange shit with people back then because it wasn't like you know we had a, <laughs> you know, a plethora or a you know a Spotify or a Apple Music that just has everything on it. Yeah, it's like you know now we had to like literally barter like okay you get the t- oh what tape are you gonna take okay cool <laughs> uh, cool mode for Def Leppard I want that back in two days yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying so were you also going to like live shows because I mean L A not at that time like I did start going to when I went to college. When I got high school and college, I started going to shows like every day. Mm -hmm. Like I had a car. We would drive up. Six of us would all pitch in on gas to get to L.A. We'd buy a bullshit sack of weed. You know, we'd be smoking on the way there. And then, you know, we'd haul ass back like at 2 a.m. Yeah. Fighting sleep down to San Diego to get back (laughs) to class, you know. And that was like some of the dopest times because Unity was going on then in L.A. So, you know, Bigger B, um, you know, God bless the dead, mm-hmm. um, who happens to be Chase's cousin. Really? Which, you know, I didn't know at the time <laughs> I was going to the shows because I didn't know Chase like that. But, right. Um, you know, Unity was a huge deal in L.A. Sure. And was basically responsible for bringing all the, the shit that I really like, all the East Coast acts, Wu-Tang, all that stuff, to L.A. You know, I, I went to the Black Star album release show. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I remember, you know, hanging out with Justin Pierce. Um a lot, 
you know, in L.A. We became cool via going to these shows in Unity, you know, and then I, I had heard of his passing um, a few years later, which was terribly sad. But yeah, Unity was like a special time and place in L.A., you know, and, and you know, the, all the shows were just amazing. So by the time that you're in the studio regularly, yeah, is your family still like, who are you and what oh, are you my doing? Oh, my dad was basically like, bro, like you left the fucking... Well, so first I quit the agency to go work with Strong Arm Steady, right? So then he was just like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, you know, you can do whatever you want. I'll still love you, but, you know, don't ask me for shit. At the time, basically I was sleeping in my car. Really? Yeah, I had an Impala um, that I had bought from working, which I was mad behind on the payments on. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I wasn't, we, you know, I wasn't making any money at the time. Yeah. And, but you're like a tall drink of water, by the way. Yeah. So like to sleep in a car. I mean, Paul was pretty big, but yeah, I would sit in the front seat and I would lower my seat all the way down. So what I used to do was I would park in neighborhoods close to my dad's house or my mom's house. So sometimes I drive back to Santa Barbara and I just park in front of my mom's house because my stepdad and I didn't get along. So mm-hmm. he was like, "You can't come back to the house." And my dad was like, you can't sleep here. So I would leave the studio sometimes like at three or four in the morning. I would park my car in like down the street from my dad's house. <laughs> and then I would get up like before everyone got up and I'd drive to the gym and I'd shower at the gym. Man. And then I'd go back, you know, into L.A. to the to, to steady house, you know, and yeah. do my yeah. thing. Well, I mean, I also spent nights on their couch, too. But And how are you how are you ducking the, the guys who were looking for their payments, too? For the oh, car? man. You know, they were calling my pop's house crazy. Yeah. But, you know, uh, eventually, uh, I think my dad figured out a way <laughs> to actually, no, you know, no, I think I got that car towed. Oh, my God. And I left it in there. <laughs> yeah, that car got towed one day, and I just I just couldn't get it out. You know, oh so God. I just left it in there. Meanwhile, you're going to the studio, and uh, what do you know about Exhibit at that point? Like, what was he like? Well, he was one of my favorite rappers before, prior to meeting him. Um, you know, like his first album, I saw Exhibit perform at UC Santa Barbara with Sadat X. Wow, uh, Helter Skelter, Phil Agony, uh, and Raskas. Wow, yeah. Um, and that was like during the paparazzi days. So Exhibit, his first two albums to me like were some of my favorite albums at the time. You know, so that was big for me. I was like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> you know, if nothing else, like I got to meet like someone I really like fucked with. And yeah, he's a funny guy, super charismatic. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Loves weapons. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> um, such like a you were you were slowly building and then you just like threw it in. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just like you know, yeah, he's like you know, I'm off the top of the head right here, freestyling. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, to me that was just like I was like a kid, bro. I was like it was. I was just like wide open and ready to just, you know, to do whatever. Like, I just thought this was the life. Well, also, with all these guys, are you one of those people who are like, yo, I like these guys because they're underground? Or were you like, I really want to make you guys popular? I kind of was both. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always I always looked at things like from, I guess, lack of a better term, a 3M perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, you know, 3M is like, oh, we don't actually make anything. We just make it better. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's going to be kind of like what I do. Mm-hmm. That's, I, you know, I, I, before I even knew what I was going to do, you know, I was like, I always had ideas, you know, and I was like, oh, only if this person could just do this or only if, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I always had the confidence on my taste level to say, hey, you know, like, this is dope. But this could be much bigger, you know, and a lot of that is naivete. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you, you got to kind of maintain that like in anything that you do and feel like that you being you, you coming to the table and sitting down makes the table better, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I always just kind of had that. 
So at this point, the table you're sitting at is uh, a bunch of guys who are LA rappers and are underground, all underground rappers at the indie time, guys, yeah. right? Yeah, hundred percent. So how do you then get into repping them officially? One day they just asked me. They were like, like Kron, you know, Kron and I have a great relationship. Like that's like a big brother of mine. Um, you know, we talk about things. You know, he's got you know, multidisciplinary music taste, you know what I'm saying? So, mm. you know, we could talk about heavy metal, we could talk about a bunch of stuff, you know? And, um, yeah, we, we would just spend nights talking and hanging out and shit, you know? And, I like, I guess they all kind of saw that, like, yeah, I came from an administrative background, you know? I was at an agency, so it wasn't yeah. like You I were Lacoste, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, I had a... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had a polo shirt on, you know what right. I mean? They looked at you and they were like, I had a polo like, shirt on with seven to- jeans and Air Force Ones, <laughs> and you're like... Oh, he could walk in anywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? He makes any table better. Yeah, yeah. duh. Um, nah, so, you know, it was just one of those things. Like, I was like, I was determined. You know, I would have done anything. So at that point, it's just like, fuck it, man. You know, give it a shot. They had gone through a bunch of people that, you know, were managers or weren't managers or their homies or whatever. But it, for some reason, never worked out. And at least, like, they knew for me, like, they were going to get someone who was eager and they could they could help dictate what was going on. Like, they don't have someone telling them, oh, you can't do that or you can't do that. Me, I'm like, anything they say, we're going to try to make happen. I'm calling, I'm sending fucking emails to Mike Karen. He doesn't know who the fuck I am. <laughs> um, to Tom Wally at, at uh, Warner. Warner yeah. I have, I, I was able to get into like this email list. And so I had everybody's email. And at the time, I was just emailing people. I never got a response. But it was like the same thing I did when I was working in music videos. Like, there was this guy, Earl Sebastian, who actually... Somehow he had Cody Chestnut's headphone masterpiece demo. Whoa. So I had those songs, right, before. So I was like, this guy's an amazing director. And he actually was the director that shot the Fuji's video, the Killing Me Softly video. But not the one... Not the one that we see. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the one that they're watching on the movie screen. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was really a dance hall thing. Whoa. Yeah, and I guess the bullet was, you know... Basically, the bullet comes out of the gun, and it's going through this whole scenario. Right. And so, uh, like killing the sound the, boy. I think you're thinking of the corn video. <laughs> different. No, you know, again, like... So, I get you're a heavy metal guy. Yeah, but. so so my, my, my drive from there basically started, like, I would call Irv Gotti's answering machine, because I knew he directed videos. So I would call Def Jam, and I'd try to get all these guys answering machines so I could get these reels to them, you know? Yeah. So I kind of just took that approach and emailing everybody for music, like, you know, whether it was Strong Arm Steady, whether it was Evidence, all that type of stuff. So I'm also guessing that, like, if people said no, you were, like, on to the next one. Well, yeah, no one even responded, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it was one of those, like, lessons I learned, like, yo, like, these guys don't, you know... They don't have time to talk to you. They don't want to join your Yahoo Fantasy yeah, Football League. Bro, yeah, you know, we, we wear different types of polos, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So how long did that last? Um, you know, I managed evidence till about 2010. Oh, that's So that was like, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was like, you know, and I still, you know, those are like friends, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we, yeah, we talk all the time and, you know, they're all super supportive of everything I do. Which totally. Is so how do you get into the fashion side officially? That was also part of what I kind of helped with everybody. It was like, oh, you need to be wearing this shit. Like, you guys are still trying to get Echo. Like, fuck <laughs> Echo, you know what I'm saying? And you need to get in, like, you know, skateboarding is crazy right now. Skateboarding fashion is the shit. 
So I'm like looking at streetwear and I'm like, this is the shit you need to be wearing. Like this is cutting edge. This is non-conformist. This comes from a real place and it's fly. You know what I'm saying? So that was that like, you know, I started, I met Nick mm-hmm. and um, Nick and I became cool. And, you know, Nick loves rap. You know what I'm saying? If anybody knows Nick, he loves music. He loves hip hop and, you know, he loves celebrities wearing his clothes. Sure. So my whole thing was like, look, dude, like just give me clothes. I'll get these people in it kind of became fast friends with the whole Fairfax scene, Ben and everybody, you know. I'm not like one of those dudes that just says, oh, I'm going to get shit and I'm wearing it myself. Like, you know, I give it to them first. Yeah. Whatever was left, I'd take, you know. Mm. So that whole scene was, you know, picking up at the time and it was kind of like, you know, the perfect storm. Right. And um, how long did you wait on the Supreme line? <laughs> I never waited in the Supreme line in my life. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, and, you know, so at that time, Supreme wasn't even popping. Right. You know, so what was, was popping on besides Cantor's Deli? Like what was what was <laughs> on, on that, Fairfax? That that was it. Yeah, it was Cantor's. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, Supreme was there, and I think the hundreds were the second one, mm-hmm. and then Diamond was the third one. Right. Um, and then from there, the scene kind of exploded. But you know, I had started officially working with Diamond in 2009, mm-hmm. um, and you know, Nick almost lost a brand at the time as he was dealing with distribution problems. Mm-hmm. And he took a big risk and said, fuck it, I'm doing this myself, you know, which was, you know, no one really knew what they were doing at that point in time, you know. So, um, yeah, we started, you know, we just kind of started doing marketing. You know, Chase Chase had put together a proposal for him and I to do marketing in Diamond, and we started doing it. And, you know, I just kind of started running with it. Like, I just was like, yo, I got to get it on everybody. Because yeah. to me, and, I thought it was the, the hottest way. shit at the time. And so I'm like, it's not hard to sell stuff. When it's dope as fuck, you yeah. know what I'm saying. But so, by the way, like you did get it on everybody. Yeah, I did. Like yeah. everybody, everybody. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who was the one that like sort of tipped? You know, the whole scale. Uh, currency and Wiz. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, for sure, they were the hottest shit popping at that time. And you know, I think we were on it. I mean, currency was currency. Huge streetwear fan. He was on everything before. You know, it blew up. Right. One hundred percent. Um. And he was friends with Terry, really tight with Terry. Mm-hmm. When Terry was trying to rap and all that type of stuff. So that was kind of the, the, the infancy stages of that relationship. Um, and, yeah, it, it kind of just took off from there. You know, like, yeah, it just, you know, and I was like selling it. I was like, yo, you, you know, I would just hit everybody up. Like, yo, let me send you a package of clothes. You yeah. Know? Also, I got beats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, well, it was a, I noticed that you didn't bring any 2009 uh, era <laughs> Diamond stuff for us today. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. that's actually my fault. Yeah, somewhere um, huge fuck up. Um, yeah, huge. Now, do you remember the first time that we ever met? <sighs> Guys, after I smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> first time we ever met uh, was in the record plant, BET Awards weekend with the business. Oh shit! So this is 2010 or 11. Chasing Cash was in there. I remember Chasing Cash, of Money Making Matt. So there was a lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people. So uh, it was Cray Sean's album. They were there to. Um, yeah, who was she signed to? Was she Columbia. Signed to Col- Columbia. Columbia. I had just started at Columbia as a um, as a consultant. So yeah, so Columbia, you know, rented out the place for like a month. Yes. And those guys were there, and they were like, "We want to laugh." So come through, and <laughs> and so we did. And they had like a basketball hoop that was set up in, in the, the in the yeah, live room. In the live room. So yeah. You guys are funny. You know, you know debatable. Yeah. Yeah. Just checking. Um, yeah. So <laughs> but, like, we saw like a bunch of people there. There was Busta Rhymes. Um, Nori was there. Split Star. We had a thirty minute conversation where Split Star like yelled about um, global warming, like yeah. very controversial views about <laughs> global warming. 
And we also opened well, clearly the door. global warming is 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 a, is a falsehood. So. Oh yeah. Right, well, right, I'm glad yeah, that you're yeah. able to spread that yeah. on our podcast. <laughs> um, but we we opened a door because like um, the business was like leading us around the whole mm-hmm. place, and he was like, "Here's who's well, yeah, here." Doubt like, for the business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was like great Nor- guy, great guy. Nori's yeah. like in this room, whatever. And we opened up a door, and it was a dark room, completely dark. There was no furniture, nothing. And we opened the door, and. Lil Mama is standing in this empty room. We're like, oh. And then we closed the yeah. door. <laughs> like, it was so weird. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah. But anyway. I, oh, and then uh, um, uh, Ashanti and her mom came, like, at 3 in the morning. Oh. Anyway, you were there. Yeah. You were working for Diamond, and we were just like, nice to meet you, and, you know, good luck with whatever you do. Yeah. So you were, <laughs> Fuck off. At the same time, you were, you were with Columbia. Yes. So, yeah, I was just in there, you know, I was, like, you know, kind of young and naive and just ready to eager to get to work so yeah. i knew them from back in the day because you know i knew dow from they used to work with strong arms eddie too yeah so um you knew crack city you know yeah what I mean? um so that was like one of those things i was like yo you know i was always a producer guy you right. know what i'm saying so i knew that if i was next to the best producers i would be next to the best rappers and the best artists so you know that was that was kind of like my reasoning for it, and, and you know I, w- I was just eager to get to work. You know I just wanted to be able to bring something in the building and contribute, and you know get to, uh, just have it like I told you, I brought a PA mentality to everything I did in music. Totally. Hey guys, we just want to take a second to interrupt this conversation with Brocky Marciano to tell you about the good people over at Talkspace.com who help you take better care of yourself from the comforts of your home, from your workspace. You don't even have to go to one of those operations out there who charge you a million dollars for like 45 minutes to talk about what's going on with you right instead of talking to carol at your job carol who is full of bad ideas you can talk to a licensed therapist that you pick based on your preferences for as little as 32 dollars a week you can send your therapist text audio and video messages or even do a live video chat talkspace therapists are fully licensed and go through a rigorous screening process so you're not talking to a bozo yeah l- listen men Mental health is a serious thing and everybody can use this and honestly, everybody can afford this. The good people over at Talkspace.com have a deal for you. And Jeff, where can they go? You can go to Talkspace.com slash W-O-T. And as a special offer for all of our listeners, you can use the coupon code COUPON, C-O-U-P-O-N, to get $30 off your first month and show your support for this podcast. That's coupon and Talkspace.com slash W-O-T. Guys, take care of yourselves. Go to Talkspace.com slash W-O-T. Before we get back into this episode, we just want to remind you guys, our album, Teddy Bear Fresh, featuring Currency, Smoke Dizza, Bun B, Michael Christmas, Tunji Ige, Angie Martinez, Just Blaze, and a lot more, is available where? On Spotify, SoundCloud, and all streaming services, Apple Music, you can go and search for Teddy Bear Fresh by It's The Real. We are It's The Real, not a waste of time. (laughs) Also, by the way, we're selling t-shirts from our Rockefeller event, and that is available at itsthereal.com slash shop. Go get your large and extra large t-shirts today. And now, back to Baraki Marciano. You're next to every rapper. You're next to every producer. You're in the music business without being inside the building yes. at this point. So, what did you want to do next? Um, or were I you wanted, like, I just want to do everything. You yeah. know, like, that's... The, the, like, I don't really... You know, I'm one of those times I'm a Sagittarius, you know, I don't really know if anyone really believes in any of that shit, but I get bored pretty quickly, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. so it's like I'm on to the next challenge all the time. So it's like once I feel like I've made 
progress and i'm like oh shit i'm like nowhere now i gotta go to the it's like you got to keep making progress and sometimes and as anyone can probably tell you you know there comes a point in time where things don't accelerate as fast as they are when you're in you know the beginning yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's like the learning curve is quick you know but then it kind of you know levels out so yeah i was just always on some like yo okay if it's not this i'm gonna do that if it's not that i'm gonna do this or if this is slow right now I'm going to go figure something else out. So yeah. that was kind of like, you know, it's kind of the way I've navigated my whole career through this industry is just yeah. like put your hands in as many places as possible, you know what I'm saying, and see what you can pick up. And how many different things were you doing at once at that point? Um, I was managing producers. I was managing evidence still. Um, I was doing Diamond. I was Columbia. Um, yeah, that was like four. And you were properly situated then, I, I imagine. You had a, your own place now? Yeah, you know, it I mean... It still the car. No, right? I wasn't living in the car, you know, <laughs> yeah. but I was driving a minivan for sure. A minivan? A minivan. Like, were I wasn't making a lot of a money. Yeah. Dad? You know? <laughs> no, yeah. I was a mom. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it was funny because I used to actually pick up Schoolboy Q and Kendrick and, and those dudes in the minivan. Like, well, okay. We used to drive around in that minivan like, How did you... From, like, baseball practice? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah from <laughs> straight up. Well, so how did you get to know those guys so well? Um, well, you know, Ali used to come by Diamond a lot, you know, for J-Rock. Yeah. And, um, Mixed by Ali. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he and I, you know, I always just hooked them up. You know what I'm saying? I was never one of those. I would just always, you know, just hooked people up when it was genuine. Mm-hmm. So um, we actually officially met at, well, Kendrick had a show with Dom Kennedy Kendrick opened up for Dom Kennedy downtown, like in 2009. That's so LA. Yeah, that's <laughs> like when Pussy and Patron came out. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, then South by Southwest 2010. Um, that was like our first, like we kicked it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So we were at the Scoremore House, and um, we were sitting outside smoking. Ali and Q and them roll up, and Ali and I keep looking at each other, like, <laughs> like I know you, like. <laughs> I, I, you know, and like we just keep looking at each other, and then like both, like he was like Brock, and I was like, yeah, what's good? And he's like, yo, it's Ali. And I was like, oh shit, word. About three weeks prior, uh, Shipes and I were listening to Schoolboy Q's projects, and I was just like, this is the hardest shit situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? His first project, setback, yeah. setback, setback, yeah, yeah, setback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was just like, yo, this dude is the hardest dude ever. Like, I was like, his shit, this this, this album's incredible. So Q and I actually, he was sitting to the left of me <laughs> outside, and, and I had a bunch of weed in Backwoods. Yeah. And they, they fucking hated Backwoods at the time. <laughs> Nobody liked Backwoods at that time. Like, Listen, when you sit down at the table, you make the situation yeah, better. So, yeah, so, you know, yeah. like, we were all just sitting there smoking, you know, we're rolling up, we're talking. Kendrick comes by. Obviously, Kendrick doesn't smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, like, that was the... Um, I guess the, the you know impetus the, the beginning. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but what do you see with these guys besides besides Q? Um, you know, I I loved Kendrick's music. You know what I'm saying? Like and uh, like again, like that's you know he's, I mean for obvious reasons he's fucking incredible. Um, but you know they were just cool. Like we were just cool. That that was the other thing. Like Q is cool. Like you know he and I, you know it's funny. Like as far different from backgrounds as we come. Like, we're really similar in a lot of ways, you know? So it was just one of those things. It was just, it was a, you know, a good, a natural natural thing. You know what I'm saying? And and um, 
obviously weed is a great common denominator for anybody that smokes yeah um and we were all broke at the time you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. it wasn't like anyone had anything like we were all broke like i was driving a minivan yeah. i remember i came back from <laughs> the next south by southwest and my minivan was parked in front of my house when i left and when i got back it wasn't anymore oh. And that literally was the end of that minivan. Um, I'll let that one stay in the, the pound, too. Oh, my God. Um, is your minivan the one that is on? No, 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 no. Kendrick had a minivan at the time, too. He was driving his mom's minivan. Um, yeah, so, you know, it just, my, my relationship with them kind of developed pretty quickly, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, you know, Dave and them, you know, I started going by the house after that, um, giving them beats. And Q and I really were the ones that first started working. Mm-hmm. Um I would pick him up and go to the studio and he worked by himself. So, you know, he like for some reason he would just let me come because probably because I had weed all the time. I would come up there with mad weed. I had mad beats. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And um, yeah, we just we just started working and uh, I gave him you know, the first thing I ever gave him was hands on a wheel. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. like, you know, just a song nobody knows now. Yeah. Was. That's right. Yeah. But um, but no, I mean, so that that song gets immediate radio, radio play pretty much. Yeah, it turned into a big record, you know. Yeah. So, um, that was kind of that like that ultimately was like the the reason the the first thing that happened that we started working together that's you know that's that's that <laughs> and the rest is history no. <laughs> how quickly i guess that's a, a, a sort of good good indicator but how quickly did you develop this sort of like way to approach things with it, with artists it, well you know I, I think i've always you know i'm a pretty chill dude so you know and i'm not one of those and anyone that knows me will tell you like i'm not a person that steps on toes or really bothers people you know and i think that sometimes that can be you know a good thing and sometimes that can also be an hindrance mm-hmm. because um sometimes you can be too cool uh and not um chase things hard enough and someone else will out run you you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. but you know in in my situations it usually works out for the better um and I just, you know, I've, I've got a good way with people. Yeah. And because uh, that's such a difficult, like, I'm thing honest. To balance. I'm honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a dick writer. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I understand both sides. Like, I'm not going to push someone else's agenda so hard that, you know, I make people feel uncomfortable or my own. You know what I mean? So if there's a way we can have conversation, we can usually get to a point of progress. So it's just being about having able to have those conversations and, you know, like give and take, know when to know when to push and know when not to. And, um, you know, we all develop like a really good relationship and, you know, I have a pretty good ear for beats. So it's not like I was coming there playing whack shit. So, you know, I, would, I developed a really quick relationship with Soul, with K-Dot, with um, Q. Uh, the first Kendrick song we ever did together was Black Boy Fly. Um, he had we were at Prohibit. Mm-hmm. in the Lower East Side. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I knew they were coming by because they were shooting the Rigor Mortis video. And um, I had this beat that I knew Kendrick was going to take. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And Because um, it was just so Kendrick. It was just too, so fire. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? And I was just like, yeah. I mean, it was like, it was a little different from something that he had done before, but it was like a progression to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, this, like, I got to get this guy on this record. So knowing that he was coming in, I started playing a record prior and I just kept playing it, playing it until they walked in. And he walked in and literally was like, yo, what's that? And I was like, that's for you. And he was like, oh, tight. We're going to be at the studio later. Pull up. So that happened, you know, and um, that was like the start of our journey making music together. Wow. Yeah. So being, you know, from this baseball background, uh, 
do you, how do you fit in with the with the TDE you know well, team? <laughs> I mean, you know, they're not in. You know, they're they they're pretty self sufficient. You know, and they don't. You know, they don't really reach out to a lot of people. Um, yeah, I've seen the TDE studio rules. Well, not only that, not <laughs> only that, but it's just like you know, you gotta. There's a there's definitely a hazing process that you got to get through you know and and for new artists that are signed to td and everything like there's a hazing process you know and it's just because they're such a tight-knit group Mm -hmm. so um but you know it's just if you want something you got to just stick around you got to be able to take jokes you got to be able to you know shoot them back you Mm -hmm. know it's just one of those things like you gotta you gotta act like you know and you gotta just just belong so it was just one of those things like I just, you know, we all we're all friends, you know what I'm saying? So that makes it easier. Um, and, you know, we all kind of had the same goals in mind. So but while that was cool, that's not where you stayed. No, no. Again, like again, like I didn't, you know, it's it's it wasn't like a walk in the park. You know, I wasn't like over there like, oh, now we're in the money. You know yeah, yeah. Like, no, that wasn't it, you know. So it's just, you know persistence yeah so after that uh did you work with wale after that yeah well i, I, I yeah i moved to new york to take i quit diamond um mm-hmm. to take a job at echo <laughs> well it wasn't at yeah. echo but it was yeah. a it was the, the dude seth who owned echo and you know shipes was over there doing some stuff and yo shipes was doing so much in that building <laughs> yeah oh my God. they were playing paintball in the office yeah yeah <laughs> shipes is a fucking legend yeah um you For know, those, one, of my yeah. Best, best, one of my best friends in life oh like. and I, we, we talked about this when we had shipes on the podcast and maybe with ev boogie too like when we had him on the podcast uh-huh. but um we we've known shipes for 10 years uh and obviously we know all the complex people yeah. who who uh, operated out of that 23rd street um yes. space which was uh, as you may know where they shot the interiors and exteriors for big yes um for the for the toy company right yeah. so shipes invites us over to his new spot and he's like yeah same spot but we went in a different entrance we went in like the 24th street entrance or something like that and we go up to the floor and it looks exactly like complex did but there's nothing in there. Right? No, yeah, no, there's no, there's no one there. there. Like Vashti had like thrown up tags like yeah. everywhere. Like it looked like an apocalyptic version of complex. Well, well, because they were moving out. Well, like, we were so confused. Because well, or were they? I mean, <laughs> no, like, they, they still they still own the build. They own the building or whatever. But yeah, like every com- obviously complex moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Echo was moving as well. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the last hurrah for the twenty third street <laughs> office. Yeah. It was like. You know, Shives is like, like fuck it, man. Yeah. This, this is cinematic offices yeah. now. Don't you? Eric and about? I walked in there and we saw. So it's like an empty office, and um, we walked over to a cubicle where Shiest Bubs mm-hmm. of Purple Legend. City yes, uh, Bird yeah. Gang was uh, sitting in a cubicle working on a spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> And I was just like, this is not how I thought I would meet Shiest Bubs. Word. You know what I'm saying? It's a very intelligent human Co- being right Company yeah. man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My man knows his way around Excel. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you're you're involved over there now. Yeah. So I moved to New York, you know, um, something I always wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I walked into that building, like thought my life was going to change for the better. And that shit fucking sucked. Really? Let me tell you that much. Nah, you know, it was just, I was sold a dream, you know what I'm saying? And and, and part of it was probably because I wanted it to be the dream, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, no, to no fault of anybody's, you know, I got a great deal. I got paid, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I got to move to New York. And I think that definitely helped my career a lot um, and my life, like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. a lot of my greatest friends live in New York. Yeah. Um, Were you taking the subway? Uh, yeah. Actually, this girl, a friend of mine, I was always 
here on Diamond Business, you know, Diamond was doing really well at the time, so I was expensing everything, so I yeah. was just taking cabs. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? And she's like, bro, like, if you don't learn how to take the subway, you're going to be broke. <laughs> right? So about, I'm like, yeah, whatever. About a month afterwards, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, this is, <laughs> yo, this is crazy, bro. I'm spending $40 a day just to get to places. Like, right. what the fuck is this? <laughs> You know, so yeah, I, I quickly learned the subway. I love the subway now. Yep. Um, I don't even like taking cabs anymore. Right. Um, so, you're a changed man. Yeah. <laughs> you're so humble now. <laughs> yeah. I'm no longer bad and bougie. <laughs> so, so that situation wasn't perfect. No, it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was, it was very corporate and, and I was coming from, you know, a skateboard company. You know what I mean? Let's just keep it real. Like, yeah. We were, we were, we were rogue and we didn't, we didn't have a bunch of success before so everything we were doing was you know first time and it was great you know what i'm saying it was exciting and then you go to this company that you know it was long established and now they're fledgling and they're trying to figure out some other shit and it was like some culture vulture shit yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then i realized that i was the fucking guy who was trying to sell this shit to other people and i'm like yo that ain't me right like you're not about to have me you know you, you're, you're trying to buy up all these companies like nah this is crazy like these are my friends yeah you know i'm selling them down the river at this point like and i'm not i was not about to do that so that shit ended quickly you know what i mean and then i, I went to atlantic and um my 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 consultancy with, with with Columbia was over. Um, I'm you know I, Mike Karen, you know super great dude. He finally um, returned your email. <laughs> he returned an email. Um, you yeah, know I was he... managing Dahi and everybody at the time. Mm-hmm. You know so you know my stock was kind of going up with the producer side. Yeah. I had a meeting with him and he was like, "Go meet with Craig Kalman." I meet with Craig Kalman. And you said it fine. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'll do yeah, it. Yeah, fine. I'll, yeah. I was like, okay. I, if you <laughs> if, if I you, have if to insist, meet with Craig yeah, Kalman. Yeah. So. I go meet with Craig Cowman and he offers me a job that day. That's dope. That was dope. You know what I'm saying? It was super dope. Um, you know, Craig is a super smart guy, amazing encyclopedic level music knowledge. Legendary ear. Legendary ear, producer, um, record collector. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Atlantic is, you know, is one of the greatest labels ever. So, you know, I'm coming from Columbia, which, you know, ultimately I think Columbia, you know, I, Aside from from rap music, you know, hip hop, Columbia is you know the greatest label ever. Mm-hmm. But Atlantic, you know, they had artists that you know, and an Ahmed Turgeon. They have some of the best executives ever in the game. Yeah. Um. So I was excited, you know, and they had a good roster at the time, and and it was nice to go where you know they cared about music and they cared about urban music and whatnot. So I felt like you know it was a good place for me to be. Um, and you had relationships already with Wiz. Yeah, I had relationships with everybody in there. Um, you know, Currency was mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You know, Drama was there. Uh, Steve O'Carolis. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of people that I, I really like in the music industry as A&Rs, Riggs. Um, yep. So, yeah, it was dope. Like, you know, a lot of familiar faces. Uh, and I just was, you know, I was eager. It was still, like, you know, kind of young in the game in terms of, like, being an A&R. Um, and what projects were you then working on? Well, I was like, I came in as a consultant, and uh, so technically, I didn't have any projects at the time because mm-hmm. I hadn't signed anything yet. But and you had an ID. Yeah, I <laughs> no, no, I didn't even have an ID. You know, as a cons- like, because I, I was technically, like, again, as a consultant, you don't really get an ID. Right. Mm-hmm. So I still had to like get a badge every time I went up there. Yeah. Like, could have been like your report cards. You could yeah, just made yeah, up an no, idea. It was cool because I got yeah. to take the picture every time. Yeah. You know, so I'd be like another dumb face. You know, like, and um, yeah, so. I was up there for a few months and, you know, I would just kind of help get producers in with people and, you know, give ideas and whatnot. And um, Wale hits me up, uh, I want to say like November of 2013, 
Yeah, no, I mean, I actually had got, I quit, you know, I quit the job mm-hmm. here, and I had gone back to help Casey Veggies work on his first project. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sylvia had, you know, allowed me to do that. <clears throat> and I really wanted something to get into, and Wale calls me randomly, and, you know, he's like, yo, you know, he's like, I'm thinking about, you know, he's like, I got this new project I'm going to do, you know, I want to do the album about nothing, and, you know, I think you should, you should A&R it, you know, and I was like, Phew. Fuck yeah! And did you know him from? We knew each other from Diamond. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, like you know, I'd given him a bunch of beats before, and uh, yeah. So he, you know, he he gave me my first project, you know, like major label project, um, and we you know we dove into that, and you know, it was it was a crazy ride that one. Uh, how long are you spending in the studio with him? Uh, shit, I'm in the studio every. I'm a studio rat, so I'm in I'm in the studio every day from like. Because he is too. Yeah, from like 1 p.m. to like you know 4 or 5 a.m. That's just that's just how I do it. Yeah. So, yeah. How, uh, how quickly did that project come together? Um, you know, it didn't. I was gonna well, when we start. It came out in 2015. Um, I know you guys were at the uh, yeah at the diner up yeah. here, amazing, right which away. was yeah. the greatest thing because yeah, that like, was, usually all the listening parties are like way far yeah. Away. So you're like, wait a minute, we can walk to a <laughs> yeah, listening yeah, yeah. party. Holy shit, this is crazy. <laughs> like walking up, we were already like, <laughs> yeah. this is the best event <laughs> yeah. ever. Um, no, so the album took about took about two years. Did you meet Jerry? Yeah. Oh, well, no, uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a couple times. Uh, what, what was that like? <laughs> I, I Honestly, like, I have audio. I have, like, four hours of audio from the mic'd up conversations we had, and I listened to it from Oh, it wasn't time just, time. like, takes of him just no, doing no, it? No, 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 no. This was, like, we, we literally just we mic'd up conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was, like, the coolest thing, like, you know, being able to talk to Jerry Seinfeld. I remember when he, he bought the... He had just bought the Porsche 918. And he was telling us about it. I was just like, this motherfucker has a million dollar Porsche. Just casually talking about it. And it goes from zero to 60 yeah. in like 0.8 seconds. You're like, like I have a, oh, I had a minivan. You know, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, the coolest thing about Jerry is, is like, Jerry just has all the life lessons. Like, he's the fucking wisest man, you know what I'm saying, that you could talk to um, probably ever. Like, he just, you know, he's like a, he's like a, a, a sage. So that was, I mean, to me, that was like, yo, like that's a bucket list thing right there. Like, yeah. Sit in a studio multiple times with Jerry Seinfeld, have <laughs> conversations. So that was, that was tight, man. Was that always the plan? Um, you know, I think it was always what Wale wanted. And, it, you know, like everybody did a great job of corralling it and making it happen, you know. Um, and they, they actually have a really cool relationship. So mm. that made it easy. Girls on Drugs was on that yes. project? Yes. How did that come together? You know, Wale is always like wants to put out music. He wants to put out music all the time. So we got to a point in the album like where we kind of hit a stalemate um, in terms of like it being ready to go and finished. And um, so he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I always do a tape right before my album. I always do a tape right before my album. And I was dead ass set against it. Yeah. Because I was like, yo, it's too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, you know. And he was like, no, 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 we're doing this stuff. We, we know fine. I was like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> so we're all in the studio in New York, you know, literally like 48 hours, you know, making all these records, you know what I'm saying? And like taking pieces of records that we already had and finishing them. And, you know, like we're, you know, literally up against the wire, up against the clock on that one. Like, cause he put out a date at a time and all this type of shit. And we're like, oh fuck. <laughs> so we were in the studio for like three days in a row. A track came and we're telling him what's going on. And he's like, well, yeah, give me the songs and I'll do it. I'm like, they're not quite done yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, but we're going to, he's like, well, there's not really much I can do. So call me in a couple days when it's done. It's like we're sending shit as we finish it and mix it and master it, fake master and send it back to, to A-Track to put it all together. Oh and like, God. 
you know, I think we were like a few hours late on on, on a delivery of that, but mm-hmm. it ended up ended up working out well. And and Girls on Drugs was the song that it had a Janet Jackson Go Deep sample, so yeah. it was like we were like we're never getting this. Clear. <laughs> yeah, like no chance. So we put it out. You know what I'm saying? We put it out there the thing, and it got such a good response mm-hmm. that uh, that um, she had to say us. <laughs> no, well, you know, I don't want to delve into the business aspect of it, but it was not easy. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. Yeah, she wouldn't clear with any cuss words. Wow. So we had to literally. After the dirty version was out, we had to re-clean it up for the album, Man. which is kind of a weird thing. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. It's, the it things was, you do for a great song. Yeah, you know? you know what I mean? Well, for Janet Jackson. Well, that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word. So, where Ms. does... Jackson, if you're next. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not. So. <laughs> so, Janet. So, where, where, does the, where does the success of that project take you next? Um, Def Jam? Yeah. I mean, I... Again, I wanted to be more heavily involved in things you know um you know record labels have this weird thing about managing and working and all that type of stuff so i always thought it was best that i stayed outside just outside of the uh, three-point line yeah, you know sure. what i'm saying yeah. um so hip-hop one of my mentors best friends mm-hmm. um fucking amazing everything yeah um he he's like yo uh thinking about like going over to Def Jam mm-hmm. and I was like word I've always wanted to work for Def Jam you know what I'm saying like that's the mecca of hip hop labels you know and he's like it's a little bit presumptuous that you would think that you can now work for me <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like I, mean, I got the job nah, you didn't get the job nah but it was like one of those things I was like we, you know like we, it's always a team thing you know what I'm yeah. saying it's always like you know you're you know everybody has their guys you know if that's one thing you, you learn about the music industry is everybody's got their guys yeah same with Ocean's Eleven yeah <laughs> yeah so Exactly. So, so you're um, like, are you the safe guy or the getaway driver or the um, grease monkey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think who I am in that in that situation. Um, I think I was like Scott Kahn. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. Scott Kahn and um, Casey. Yeah. You know Casey Affleck. I mean? Yeah. Just like maybe combined. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Fighting outside the. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, then around that time, I started, you know developing a pretty good relationship with No ID via hanging out with hip hop, and you know, I was back in L. A. and no ID said something funny to me once. It was funny. It was actually about me and Sycamore. Um, he was like, "You know, what's funny about you and Sycamore?" And I'm like, "He's like, you know." He said, "You know what your problem is?" You guys, he said, "You know what you guys' problem is?" And like, I, was I don't like, have a college degree. I was yet. like, "No, I was like, yeah, well, that's one of them." I was like, "What?" And he was like, "You guys care too much, man." You know what I'm saying? Like, damn. You know, and I never really understood what that meant till a little later on. You know, but you know, I feel like. You well, what did he mean? Um. It's like some things are. They just are. You know what I'm saying? And no matter how much you care for it, you can't change it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And again, I think, you know, it's a that's like a passionate thing for us. And, and, and again, like part of naivete and inexperience is that you always think you can change everything, you know, no matter what it is, you know. And he wasn't saying that like as a bad thing he was just saying that like you know as somebody elder and wiser and has been through the ringer a bunch of times he's just like oh wait till you get to that point right you know what i'm saying i sort of just want him to say that to jerry seinfeld (laughs) (laughs) who has like problems with everything yeah Yeah. so you know so yeah like you know and and no id ultra intelligent super talented like you know i don't even know if people understand how smart that guy is yeah um you know and you know he he and i kid it off and and you know he he believed in me enough to 
to hire me over there and and you know um it was dope like i was in the you know i'm in def jam like yeah. it was tight. you know we had a great team of a and r's uh noah tuo steve-o mm-hmm. um uh, mike uh chavez um sycamore sycamore well sycamore had just left okay gotcha i actually never was at def jam while sycamore was there he hmm. cares too much yeah, yeah he cares yeah. too much he cared just enough to dip yeah <laughs> <laughs> um nah uh you know he had gotten a great situation oh, at epic, epic right you know yeah. what i mean and um which he deserved mm-hmm. and uh yeah so that was you know that was that was part of the journey that was you know i was like okay i get to work with no id this is great you know he developed a great relationship with all my producers and dahi and and you know he's he's an empowering person you know what i'm saying he empowers his people and that's like a dope you know i hadn't really fully had that yet you know in 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 my career in terms of like you know i, I was always kind of on my own mm-hmm. so it was kind of nice to have somebody like you know just help you you know what i'm saying through things and you know someone you can talk to and give you advice and and whatnot and that was you know and obviously just to be around a witness how he works and, and see what he does is you know it's i've been i've been fucking blessed man like to have the hip hops and the no IDs and the chases and you know to me which I think are you know some of the smartest people I've ever encountered to be able to like somehow have faith in this dude from Santa Barbara you know what I'm saying like he doesn't fuck with avocados yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying like you know so yeah it, it was it was to me it was surreal yeah. you know and and uh yeah that was that was that was fire eric and i have we we just did the rockefeller reunion podcast or no, celebration I heard podcast no yeah well it, yeah no I don't, I, don't I don't think you got on i don't know you guys, if you did you guys tweet about it or yeah. anything <laughs> a couple times maybe yeah every single mention yeah. of it but um did anyone show up well you know <laughs> sold it out like 600 yeah, it's, it's, it's just whatever it's whatever light work yeah but so uh you know it's available on soundcloud right now yeah but whatever it doesn't matter Video um, coming uh, soon. Is there a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> T-shirts is there a, for sale. Is there a link? We're gonna yeah. hologram it uh, very soon. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, hip hop showed up. Hip hop, we've we've seen in very weird places. Among them, like I mean, yo, hip hop showed up. That's, yeah, hip hop showed up, which is yeah. crazy. That's a he's a unicorn. Yeah. But yeah. where's the craziest place that you've seen hip hop? Um, on a boat in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one though. <laughs> Uh, at my house, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, no, actually, like he stays like you know, like he, he like he stays with me all the time. Yeah, like, totally. So it's it's like, uh, yeah, it's funny. Like it's a funny. Like I remember when fast forward and like we were at my house when the Goosebumps verse came in from Kendrick. Kendrick text me text me the Goosebumps verse. It's like six in the morning. We had just got back from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, I wake up and I just Facetime Travis like it because I'm figuring like it's. I'm on Hawaii time, so I'm like three hours behind. I'm all the way off. And um, yeah, I wake up. It's like six in the morning. I like looking at my thing. I get a text from Kendrick, and he sends me the verse back. And uh, I FaceTime Travis. Like, it was my first instinct. I was like barely awake. And he was like wide awake, like at six in the morning. I said, Yo, T. I said, we got, the, we got the verse back. And he's like, what? He said, send me your address. I'm coming over there right now. I don't know if you know, I live in Manhattan Beach. It's like an hour drive from Hollywood. So, you know, next thing you know, you just a caravan of fucking G-Wagons pull up. And it's me, Hip Hop, and um, Mick um, Moreno, who is, you know, Pharrell's right hand for a long, yeah, long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're sitting there and Travis walks in and like, you know, we start rolling up. And, <laughs> Just played a verse and you know everyone went like batshit crazy and at like seven o'clock in the morning. seven o'clock in the yeah. morning in manhattan <laughs> beach bro i'm sure our neighbors are thrilled <laughs> <laughs> 
the weirdest circumstance that we had, uh, I think, with hip hop, and we again, Jeff said, like we've hung out with him in lots of different places. Yeah. He came over here on New Year's Eve just to hang out for we thought a little while. It ended up being five and a half hours of just like hanging, and it was the best time no, ever. I mean, you know, if, if you again, if if you have questions and you have common interests, like you, that's a twenty hour day. Totally, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like totally. Dead ass, like the guy. I just, feel like you just sunned us. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, you know, maybe in my own little way. <laughs> You're yeah, like hmm, only five. Only and five hours and a half hours, huh? <laughs> These things sort of like you know the world works in in funny ways. You end up getting that job at Interscope to work with TDE. Yeah. Well. Yes. Yes. I mean. Yeah. I. Um, it happened a, a few different from a few different angles. Um, but yeah, ultimately it was, you know, the, I wanted to, I obviously want to do my own thing too. You know, I want to go sign stuff and, and be successful and, you know, finding the new, the next new shit, you know? Uh, but yeah, like that was, that was definitely a big part of, of, of my move. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we had never officially done anything together. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, which was, which is also difficult. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, everyone knows you for this, but you're not actually part of it. And um, so it becomes weird when you're trying to leverage business, you know, in certain ways, you know. So, yeah, that was, you know, it was to me, that was like a dream come true. You know what I'm saying? Like that was like, it's kind of like, you know, you start your career with the Yankees and then, you know, you go back and play for the Yankees and retire your jersey. They're like, that's kind of, you yeah. know, what I'm hoping to you know to, uh, or it was cheat. like you're just friends with like Jeter and that and yeah, all actually that's yeah. even better that's and even better now than, you're actually like yeah, yeah. Working then all of a inside. sudden yeah yeah then you're a pitcher so I guess the, the question is do they all look at you now as a suit <laughs> no no not at all like I think anyone that knows me knows that that's the furthest thing from you know my um well you should start showing up in a suit <laughs> I well you know I, I was thinking more of a tuxedo <laughs> yeah you know what I mean so uh, I do quite fancy tuxedos. <laughs> uh, what can you say about Joey IE and Aaron Bayshuck and and actually finally working with Sycamore over there? Yeah, no, th- I mean they got a great staff, man. Like everybody over there is, you know, obviously, you know, has done a lot of shit, you know, and has been responsible for a lot of things. And and um, do they make you watch the Defiant ones? Yeah, that was actually a um, a prerequisite. Yeah, in, that's in the, the hazing process yeah. over yeah. Interscope. It was like, okay, um, you have to watch this for thirty seven hours straight. <laughs> Um, no, I mean that that there you know again Interscope is such a you know legendary you know company um, really forward thinking you know obviously the Defiant One's name kind of you know says it all but you know it's like there that's risk taking over there you know what I'm saying and and I think everyone over there is is uh, fits well you know what I mean and I, I appreciate the ability to work alongside everybody and. Um, that's enough of my politically correct answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're not wh- getting fired. Yeah. Uh, when did you first hear uh, Kendrick uh, name drop you? And did you know that you were going to be in the video? I was in a studio when he did the shit. So it was like that That was what we were doing every day. You know what I'm saying? Like we get up, we work out, I go to Four Daughters, um, and we go to a studio. So, yeah, I mean, it was pretty funny. Like, you know, I was just kind of like, oh, here we go. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and um yeah, so it was it was that was tight. That was tight. It's it, it's it's awkward and tight at the same time. <laughs> You're a genius annotation. That, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It was funny because Rob texted me tonight the album drop. And I'm like, no, Rob, you're not about to get me to talk about nothing, right? You know what I mean? Like, starting to get the text, like, oh, what does this mean? And what does that mean? And I'm like, yo, like, I don't know if you know TDE, but, you know, you let, you let them answer. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so, 
I just told him, I said, yes, that's my name. <laughs> <laughs> and the name of the place is Four Daughters. Yeah, that's yeah, all. Yeah, and that's where I left it. Uh, how many takes did uh, did it take to to get the video done for you? Um, I mean, you know, I had a very extensive role in that. Yeah, video, I mean, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that shit was like twenty minutes. We literally <laughs> sat down and ate breakfast, and they filmed while we were eating. So it was. There a, was no music involved. Like yeah, it was yeah. not even. A, like there wasn't even. A, it wasn't even proper. Got like, a close up. It, and no, you yeah, gotta watch was, that. Yeah. Was it? Was it prop food? No, no, no. It was real food. We were. I, I had a He's mouthful a of eggs and spinach and mushrooms. <laughs> Egg whites, spinach and mushrooms with avocado. You know. Actually, that might be the most LA thing you've said on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> so now, now you, you know, you have you have to get your um your your SAG after card. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say like you know. No, I was non-union. In, <laughs> <laughs> um, Interscope actually, like you know, takes taxes out of your out of your checks and everything. Yes, they do. So, is that a lot easier to explain to your family and your extended family now what you do for a living? You know, the funniest thing is, is like, yeah, I think you know they all. You, my family is weird. Like, I, I have it's kind of big because I have a lot of like step parent. I have a step mom and her family, and you know, my mom and her side and my dad you know so no one ever knew what i did you know what i'm saying like they're just like oh brock you're just running around celebrities and all this type of shit you know? by the way not wrong right yeah you're like, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah right but they're like what do you do you know what i'm saying and they still don't know what i do but the fact that they could like they could affix like a vice president of a record label they know of or yeah. whatever you know they just look at it like oh okay like he's not a they all thought i was gonna be like a piece of shit growing up like they were like i was always like the california kid that came to texas and it was like all of a sudden i leave or we go to the mall and their kids come back with baggy pants and you know shit like that so i was kind of like my brother and i were looked at as like kind of like troublemakers for you know or we stood out like a sore thumb like you know and um everybody else is like college degree you know lawyer uh agents you know they work at ad agencies uh one of my cousins is like a genius and he does like science for a living, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I was always kind of like the black sheep of the family in that regard, like from a professional standpoint. And now I'm fully vindicated. Yeah. You've gone from, trouble. I make more money than all those motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goddamn yeah. it. You know what I mean? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, nah, no, nah, it, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. And it actually feels, you know, it's different to be, kind of like now it's like all oh, my mom my stepmom's my mom's friends like ask about like oh does he know this guy or you know do you know pharrell yeah. or have you ever talked to kanye or <laughs> have you met pharrell <laughs> uh, yes okay have you met kanye yes okay has and travis I mean, ever come over to your house yeah, at 7 a.m and yeah, you're like yeah 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 actually you know <laughs> yeah. um so yeah it's, it's 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 somewhat vindicating in that in that regard um but you know again it's like we all you know jobs are jobs and you know everyone has responsibilities and you know, I don't care if you love your job more than anyone else in the world, you know, you're still going to have days where you're just like, uh, you know, like you still have to do things that you don't want to do, you know, and that's just that's part of it. And, and I'm just lucky to be able to be doing something I love to where those I've never woken up in the last 15 years and dreaded what I have to do. You know what I'm saying? So in that regard, like I've won, you know, I've, I've won. I want to know uh, what's your best Cardo Got Wings story? Because my favorite Cardo Got Wings story, because we've never actually met, but I, I go on his Instagram live thing, <laughs> and I keep saying that I've heard rumors that he's 4'11". <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's not 4'11". <laughs> you know, him and I have a great relationship. You know, it's, it's, we've been rocking together for like, shit, like eight years, wow. seven, eight years, you know, so... 
And he's still four eleven. <laughs> he's yeah, he's the, all all of four eleven. <laughs> Do you have a favorite Cardo beat? Um, shit, dude. Mine might tough. be uh, mesmerized. Mesmerized by, by is fire. It's great. Um, um, I think. Or do you hate all? No, of no, no. Them? I, you, know, you know, you know what my favorite, my favorite Cardo beat is um, J Rock. Uh, it is the the Black Hippie record. The um, shit. What is the name of that record? Um, you can just sing it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you would like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> nah, it's the it's the it's the it's the, it's the one on J Rock last project with Kendrick and oh, Vice City, Vice City, Vice, Vice City. City. That beat is crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, tell us about uh, Big Lebowski. Um, what do you want to know? <laughs> How does it end? <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, I, I've always loved that movie. Same, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's Eric's like, favorite movie. It is. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's fucking amazing. And it's one of those movies, like, no matter how time, many times you see it, you take something else away from it every time you watch it. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those movies, like, whenever it's on, you just always watch it. Like, yeah. you're just like, oh, okay, even if it's in the middle, whether it's fucking, you know, three quarters of the way over, you're going to watch, you're going to watch it. And, and I think, you know, me being a, uh, overthinker you know what I'm saying as somebody who you know just very cerebral at times I think like that is like what I always kind of wished I could just not give a fuck <laughs> going back to like you care a lot you know yeah, what I'm saying yeah. it, and he just doesn't give a flying fuck and it's fine you know what I'm saying and and I kind of have adopted that a little bit because you know being a manager and always you know being an A&R um, it's they're accommodating positions so you know you're around all these people. You have to accommodate at all times. Um, you have to drop your life at the moment, at, a, at you know, at the drop of a dime, in order to go make something happen. As soon as they feel like they're ready to make something happen, um, there's like you know, the entertainment businesses hurry up and wait. Yeah, I always kind of admired his you know <laughs> view of of things. You know, mm-hmm. and one day I was just like, you know what? This is it. <laughs> That's me. Because <laughs> I'm always like, you know, I've, 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 I'm, I'm attentive, but you know, on my own time, like I can, you know, I lazily make things happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, that should be your business card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you know, it's like I try to make it look effortless, or just kind of just do things as opposed to like overthinking and 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 running around like a maniac and just kind of running around in circles is like, oh, no, no, you just kind of all walk in a straight line very slowly. Yeah. You're going to get there at the same Listen, time. Listen, if there's two things you really live by, it's that you make the table better and that the rug really ties the room together, The rug right? ties yeah. the room yeah. together. Right? Thank you so much for, for nah, coming man. through. Um, and when we go to the West Coast, we're going to get this Cardo, this Cardo episode done. Oh, yeah, we're because, doing. you know. Cardo's got a lot to say. No, believe me, I know. <laughs> He's got a lot to say, so... But I hope you guys got some time. Oh, listen. But, <laughs> I, but honestly, congratulations on making it from living in your car to a no vacancy. Right? Word, so, word, yeah, you know. Yeah. This is pretty dope. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real Jeff. If people want to find out more about us, if people want to find out more about our music or our podcast or our live events, where can they go? You can always go to itsthereal.com for any and all It's The Real needs. You can always go to soundcloud.com slash a waste of time to get all of our old episodes. You can also go to iTunes and search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real. We are It's The Real. You can go to Spotify and SoundCloud and any streaming service, including Google Play, especially Google Play, <laughs> go to, to title. To, 
yeah, to listen to our album, Teddy Bear Fresh. You can also go to Twitter at It's The Real, Facebook at It's The Real, Instagram at It's The Real. We are also on Snapchat at It's It's The Real and It's The Real Eric because It's The Real was taken. And where else can people find us, Jeff? You can always find us at the bowling alley because we are now there every Saturday morning <laughs> for an all-you-can-bowl special, $20. Oh, my God. It is the most worth it deal I've ever come across. That we was bowled a- for like five games before noon. Oh, at least. I mean, and uh, it was dope. Yeah, I, I, I think we left our souls on the lanes. And, yeah. Uh, shout out to everybody who was already there and who is above 60 years old. <laughs> it's sort of like the DMV where you just see these people that you don't think exist anywhere else. Yep. Um, but you'll be like, oh, like that man is wearing like, you know, a cardboard shirt or something. Yeah. And, like, and you know what? Bowls like five strikes in a row. So shout out to everybody who was there. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll see you Saturday mornings, 8 o'clock, right on the dot. Guys, this podcast does not grow without people telling people to tell people to listen to our podcast. I want to shout out a kid I have not seen since maybe middle school okay. or high school. Um, he reached out. He said he was very excited for the Rockefeller podcast that we put together. That's awesome. And he said he was going to buy a t-shirt. Shout out to Alex Correa. All right. I don't know where he's living right now. I, I heard maybe LA okay. or Chile. I'm not sure. <laughs> one it, or the other. It's one or the other. Hey, Alex, go spread the word. Jeff, I would also like to shout out a guy named Alex. Our friend, the bald god, wow. Alex Chichamaro. Yeah. Alex, who has done amazing things in such a short time in the record business. If you guys don't follow the bald god on Twitter, you really should. He is full of gems and lots of business expertise. He's a great dude, and he is on the up and up. Shout out to the bald god. Spread the word, guys. Let people know about this podcast. Let people know about It's The Real. Let people know where we're bowling on Saturday mornings out there in Queens. Now for real, for real. Sure, sure. We will see you guys next week. Right.